Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 24th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 18, third paragraph, starting with highly competent psychiatrists. We'll be reading through two paragraphs, ending with little or nothing could be accomplished. We'll be commenting on both. Today's readers are Stephanie L., Wendy M., Paula D. The reference number for Thursday, March 23rd, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 9758. For Friday, March 24th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 9761. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose. I believe somebody's unmuted, if you could check your phone, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Julie. My name is Nancy T. from Lewiston, Idaho, grateful compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. I will now ask Sharon C. to read the 12 traditions. Star one to unmute, Sharon. This is Sharon C., a grateful recovering compulsive overeater from South Jersey. 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name what never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Sharon C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There are no abstinence requirements for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 18, paragraph 3, starting with highly competent psychiatrists. We'll be reading through two paragraphs, ending with little or nothing can be accomplished. Comments on both paragraphs. I will now ask Stephanie L. to begin reading. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Um, Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker, who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. And I'll tell you, um, until I came to this program, people told me all the time, oh, just just don't eat any fat. Oh, just um, eat less. Just 
try to listen to your body. Um, go to Weight Watchers. Go to this diet program. Go get the injection of the, you know, pregnant woman's urine. You know, all of these people who were thin and I had no, you know, I didn't relate to them at all. I didn't get it. In fact, I thought that, you know, I just, um, I just wasn't strong enough or didn't have enough willpower. And then I came to this program and I came to my first meeting and I listened to someone tell me who was a normal body size how they used to eat trash or used to eat food out of the trash and how they used to hide and they didn't, they didn't eat in front of people. They ate just enough in front of people and then they did most of their eating in private. And they talked about things that I did, and I, I, I couldn't believe that I was hearing like this normal body-sized person talk about food that, do, that had said they did things with food like I had done. And they were credible to me immediately. Um, and, you know, that was the beginning for me. Like, oh, wait a second, you know, maybe, maybe there is a solution. Maybe if I do what this person did, maybe – you know, maybe I can look like that because, of course, when I first got here, it was all about the weight. Um, I wanted to know what the diet was so I could lose the weight and be on with my life because, of course, you know, once I lost the weight, my life was going to be perfect. Um, and, you know, it wasn't long before I realized that that is not what this is all about. And by the, you know, thank God for that. And I also had my first sponsor used to tell me because, of course, I thought that, you know, my, my compulsive overeating problem was much worse than yours and that I was terminally unique. And what she used to tell me was, Stephanie, the only way that you are terminally unique is in the way that you can help another compulsive overeater. And that has stuck with me um, all those years because, you know, I can relate to someone who has done the things with food that I have done, who has been 100 pounds or more overweight, like I have been 100 pounds or more overweight, and has taken this book and worked these steps and found this common solution, the only solution for recovery and working these steps and connecting with the higher power who gives me the power to stay abstinent today. And then I can turn around to the newcomer who walks in and and give it back to them too. And that is my time. And um, thank you for letting me be of service. And I'll pass. Thank you, Stephanie L. Who would like to share on the two paragraphs read? Nancy T. Lynn from California. Allison L. Lynn. Allison L. Lisa B. Elizabeth. Lisa B. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what's your last initial? D, Gowdy. D, D. Oh, hey. And Paula, D. Okay, let's start with that. Nancy, T, and then Lynn and Allison, L. Go ahead, Nancy. Thank you, Julie. Again, Nancy, T, from Lewiston, Idaho, grateful, recovering, compulsive reader. Um, it's interesting. These are the two paragraphs today because it was just in the last couple of days that I realized um, how many thousands of dollars I have spent on different therapists, psychiatrists, group therapy, retreats, inpatient treatment, outpatient treatment, and, you know, always wanting, I was trying to think, what is it that I wanted? Well, I wanted them to tell me why I acted like this with food. And, you know, boy, have I done in-depth um, digging around in my history to find out um, the different traumas 
and maybe a parenting style that didn't work or maybe because I come from divorced parent family or this and that. That helps me understand why I think and act and react maybe the way I do to certain situations in life and why certain things uh, push my buttons. But it does not explain to me how to stop eating compulsively. And it just, it, these paragraphs kind of spell it out. Um, and there's another place in the big book that it talks about we might not ever know why. But what's more important is that this book offers a solution. It, this is where I find exact instructions on how to stop eating compulsively. And all those years when I was trying to get that information from a professional, what I needed was a sponsor that could take me through the big book one page at a time, one paragraph at a time, and explain to me and help me to understand the steps and apply them to my own life. And then in turn, um, go out and share that with another person. And that if I did those things, the big book guarantees me that I too can find this freedom from compulsive reading that hundreds of thousands now of others have. And um, it's not just with a sponsor either. Along with a sponsor, I need the group. I need all the other people in these rooms that understand me. They don't look at me weird when I tell them at eight years old I shoved a whole plate full of roast beef in my mouth all at one time. They're just, they'll laugh with me and go, yep, I get it. You know, other people are go, are you crazy? Nobody ever has thought I was crazy about anything I shared in a meeting or that I shared on an outreach call. They just, they get me and I get them. And it's that camaraderie. It's that group support um, and the direction of a sponsor that helps me um, to connect with a power greater than myself that can solve my problem. And I wouldn't have got that from any um, therapist couch or group retreat or anything. I got it from <clears throat> someone taking my hand and guiding me through this big book that we read one paragraph at a time on this meeting. And um, I am so grateful for that. Today I can say I'm a recovering compulsive reader. So grateful to be out of relapse and back in these rooms. Thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. Next will be Lynn P. followed by Allison L. This is Len P. from Sunny, California, talking from my hot tub. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I remember, you know, my sponsor said, you know, is it on or is it God? And, and I think that has been the omnipresent theme in my recovery path. Um, you know, I was at a medical weight loss clinic uh, that um, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars, and I would listen to this girl who was, what, you know, 110 pounds, tell me how horrible life could be at 420, which I was at the time. And, you know, she didn't walk in my boots. You know, she didn't understand what it was like to be that weight and to have so much morbid self-hatred that I had. And she says, well, if you just follow this food plan and, you know, you don't do this and don't do that. And I was like, okay. But the reason why it was odd or a God, because it just so happened at that same facility, there was this little sign that said OA meeting, and it was a half hour after my medical weight loss thing, and that was my first OA meeting. Now, while I did not find recovery at that OA meeting because I languished in OA for a couple of years without losing a pound, um, there was my Eskimo was at that meeting, and she urged me to go to this holiday marathon where I heard this person speak who had said that he was 
500 pounds at one point, and I looked at him. He looked like Keanu Reeves. He was dynamic, and he, he just spoke wonderfully, and he, uh, you know, talked about food addiction the way he experienced his alcohol and drug addiction, how, you know, certain things with sugar and flour triggered him the same way. And that was the first time I had heard that. And I looked at this guy, and I said, I want what he has. You know, he had what I wanted. He spoke to me, you know. And I've been reminded that, you know, all the crap that I've been through can fertilize recovery in others and that it's important that we can identify. And, and um, you know, that's one of the things that really resonated with me and caused me to make the decision to do, you know, recovery the way this gentleman had explained it uh, in OA. And, uh, and I'm entirely grateful for that. You know, today I get to live a life in a somewhat normal body, but more importantly, I live my life using the steps. You know, I've reprogrammed my old way of thinking and kind of follow the 12 steps as my guide, and uh, life is infinitely better. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn P. Allison L., followed by Lisa B. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Uh, these paragraphs take me back to 10 years ago um, after a suicide attempt. My family um, kind of had a sit down with me and all gathered around and said, Allison, you know, what's what's going on? What happened? And I looked at them all and I just said, you know, I've just been a little depressed. And then I went about my busy work, making sure they all had food and water and pretending everything was okay and that it had just been too much alcohol and I accidentally took too many pills and I had just been a little depressed. It was okay. And um, I was seeing, I had been seeing a therapist for a while at that point, And I would tell my therapist a little more than I would tell my family, but still not everything. And it wasn't until a few years after that, when I came into the rooms of OA and I heard people who had my same problems, who really understood what I did with food and how my mind worked. And they had found a solution and they were armed with facts about themselves. And I heard them saying things. They understood themselves in a way that I, I was so lost. I had no idea who I was or why I did these things or why I couldn't stop. But they knew. And they gained my confidence and my trust. And they could show me the light like nobody else ever would be able to. And I'm just grateful that I can now shine that light for others today. And I'm grateful for this fellowship. Thank you all for being on the line. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Allison L. Lisa B. followed by Elizabeth D. Good morning. This is Lisa B. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Thank you for your service. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I love all the shares. Um, gosh, this is an amazing reading. Uh, what comes to my mind is um, the truth, the truth that you guys have told me about myself and the seriousness of this malady that never goes away. It, it will not ever go away. And I'm grateful that I've been willing and able to hear that, that I need to do not only a series of steps in a precise order, the way it's laid out in this big book, but I need to maintain, continue on, continue on, continue on, that it's like I am walking up an escalator that continuously goes down. And then if I stop moving up, 
I will end up back down to the bottom. And that this disease gets progressively worse even when I am abstinent and recovered. It continues to grow. And what I've learned is as I now in my, I hate to say it, but I have to learn to say it, I'm in my (laughs) mid-50s. I'm so used to saying late 40s or early 50s. Now I'm in my mid-50s and I'm healthy and I'm strong, but my body is aging and it is getting weaker. But my disease actually almost gets younger and stronger and more vital and it changes its voice. It changes the angle and the tune that it comes in. That it's um it's cunning, baffling and powerful. And that's the truth that I've learned from a person that was properly armed. I went to a treatment center many years ago and I did learn about abstinence from substances, but I don't know, it almost like it fell on deaf ears. I didn't really get the seriousness that I need to treat it like a crack cocaine addict or an alcoholic with the same seriousness. You know, food is just, you know, you know how food is represented in our society. It's social, it's fun, it's all kinds of things, and it's hard for people to believe that someone could die from a cupcake or a donut. But it is death for me, and especially with the progressiveness of this disease. So I'm so grateful that I truly uh, met a recovered sponsor through OA, through A Vision for You, that armed me, you know, with the facts about herself by sharing her experience, not talking about me, not really even so much talking about her life, but really what this big book did for her. And for that, I am eternally grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Elizabeth D. followed by Paula D. Hi, this is Elizabeth Dowdy in Cincinnati, Ohio, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I love this paragraph. Well, actually, both these paragraphs. The first paragraph tells us um, all the people that can't help us because they don't have the same problem. And there's no safety there, so I can't be honest with them. You know, I have to get really honest with myself and then therefore with another human being, and that's what we do in the fifth step. I have to figure out what the exact nature of my wrong is, and I can't tell that to all these people. But I can tell it to an ex-problem eater who is properly armed with facts about themselves. And the paragraph in italics, I've been told that, you know, that the writers of the big book spent extra on italics um, when they were publishing their first edition of the big book and that we should pay extra attention to that because they spent extra money to, to put it in italics. So this paragraph tells me there's three conditions that I have to meet to be able to help someone. You know, I have to be an ex-problem eater <clears throat> who has found this solution, singular. There's only one in this book. Um, and then I have to be properly armed with facts about myself then I'll be able to generally win the entire confidence of another compulsive overeater in a few hours. But until an understanding, such an understanding of myself is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. And my experience has been that I spent years languishing in the rooms of OA because I kept working with people who weren't recovered. Only I didn't understand that and most of them didn't either. When I finally came to really know uh, what the qualifiers of this disease are, you know, the, what, what the mental obsession looked like in my life and what the craving is and the difference between the two, 
then I was able to um, approach God and work these steps with a sponsor and the obsession was removed. And then the 10 step promises on page 84 and 85 became true for me. Being in a position of neutrality with food is the most amazing miracle I've ever experienced in my life. And I've had a lot of wonderful things happen in my life, but neutrality with food is just unbelievable. But I didn't uh, have the blessing of of having that happen for me until I found someone who had had the experience themselves, who knew what they were talking about, who knew what their disease was, who knew what the problem was, and had found a solution. And now I have the great blessing of passing it on to others. And I'm just so grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Elizabeth D. Paula D., you're next. And thank you. Julie, um, this would be Paula G. Recovered and currently in Florida. You know, I'm going to start here and then I'm going to back up and put it in reverse. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. I'd like to say I went to here and there and everywhere, which I did, so I can say that. But I was in the halls. I was at the meetings. I was with beautiful people that were recovered. Somehow, I thought it was an elevator ride. It was taking the steps. No elevator ride here, honey. It don't go from 1 to 12. And it sure ain't a buffet. I'll pick what I want. But this part, until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Now I'm going to back it up a bit. We started with but. Now, everything we've read before, we know about all the things we've tried, but that word but, forget it. The ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, and there's a solution right on the top of the page. There is a solution. There it is. There is one who is properly armed with facts about himself, not you, about himself. Not even my life. How I reacted to life. Why did I think a dozen donuts was going to solve a problem when it only shot my blood pressure, my blood sugar off the wall? And by the way, numbers don't lie. Not just the numbers on the scale. They just don't lie. Can generally win the entire confidence. They were right there. Confidence. The feeling of belief that one can rely on someone or something of another alcoholic in a few hours. How could that be? Something happens. You finally hear that understanding we're talking about. How long do you want to go on this road that goes nowhere? It says it in the big book. A road that finally goes somewhere. That here is what opened the door until such an understanding and there is such depth to that understanding. By the way, for some it can happen in a matter of minutes. For some years. I'm not here for any other reason. To look at that word that said X problem drinker. Wow. Some things I didn't like being an ex. I didn't want to be an ex-wife. But look at what here. An X problem drinker? There it was. 
They're the answer for me. I am no longer a problem drinker, eater, abuser. So there is life. There is life. Look at the paragraph and hear what we get to give in service. Win the entire confidence of another. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Who would like to share on these two paragraphs that were read on page 18? Penny C. Morgan. Penny. Penny C. And somebody else after Penny. Mary Lee R. in Oregon. Mary Lee. Mary Lee R. And uh, anyone else? Sherry K. B. Terry K. B. Hold on. Sherry K. B. Terry K. Wendy M. Wendy M. Okay, we'll start with that. Penny C. followed by Marilee R. Thank, thank you. Thank you for leading. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Um, these paragraphs always remind me of, of part of a paragraph I I really, really like to read when we get to the, if when we read the family afterwards. It's page 124 that says, Cling to the thought that in God's hands the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. And then just before that it says, Showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile. And, you know, it's telling us here on on the page that we just, paragraphs that we just read, that as an ex-problem compulsive overeater, I have that unique, unique ability, and with that ability, with every gift goes a responsibility. The responsibility to pass it on. Not only is that the key for me to stay recovered, but it's also the responsibility, it's the key to helping other, other compulsive overeaters avert death even because this is a potentially fatal disease. And it just really um, blows me away when, when I realize it's so true that I have the ability to help another compulsive overeater where psychiatrists and psychologists and, and all other kinds of professionals, if they're not recovered compulsive overeaters, they don't have that, that, that responsibility or that gift of being able to help others. Like everyone else, I, I imagine, on this line. You know, I, I, I can remember going to my, my um, obstetrician, and during pregnancy I was gaining so much weight, and he was, you know, scolding me every time. And I finally said to him, I keep eating, and I'm not even hungry. I was looking for help. And because he was not a recovered compulsive overeater, he did not know anything to say to me except, I'd hate to see what you look like if you were hungry. And and I took it because I didn't think I deserved any better because it, I realized, realized now that at that time I thought it was a moral issue. And then I went to my first OA meeting and they said, this disease of ours, and it was that was the spiritual awakening I needed at my very first meeting. And so I will pass with that and just um, quoting one more 
part of the big book that says that working with others will become the bright spot of our day, the bright spot of my life. And it's not only enjoyable and a pleasure, but it's a responsibility that we have once we're given this gift. And and I will pass. Thank you. Hi. Uh, thank you very much. Marilee R., you're next, followed by Sherry K.B. Good morning. This is Mary Lee R. Recovered just for today in Eugene, Oregon. It's always a privilege to be anywhere where Penny C. is, who's helped me greatly in this program over the years. Um, I don't usually share, but I was just drawn to share this morning. Um, In 1990, I found the gray sheet and... um, I thought that I had arrived at nirvana because I was able to release a great deal amount of weight. But I didn't um, do any of the uh, steps or the big book wasn't involved. And I have to say the next three or four, um, quote, OA organizations also had a very strict food plan, um, but nothing about the allergy or the obsession. And then it my weight got to such a point that I was going to have my um, stomach either stapled or bypassed. I wasn't quite sure. I had an appointment set up, and my husband and I went on a cruise, and to me it was like a last hurrah cruise. I was going to eat, 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 and I did. I gained 15 pounds in 14 days. But on that cruise, I went to a Friends of Bill W. meeting, and um, I met a woman in program that um, saved my life, literally. And so when I got home, um, I um, started on a big book-based program. And, wow, my life just soared. And I'm just really grateful for the Eskimos that come along in our lives. And um, I have to say that I had 10 years of really wonderful back-to-back accidents. And then I hit a speed bump, and I'm just so grateful for um, all the learning opportunities that happened. And I'm really grateful to be back and to be grateful and to have a spiritual discipline and to follow that spiritual discipline. And um, hooray for um, having a 7 a.m. West Coast time meeting. I'm still addicted to the uh, 4 a.m. meeting, and I keep thinking I'm going to wean off of that, but I just hear so many wonderful things, and the fact that it's we, 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 and I'm just just eternally grateful. And I passed on a pair of uh, my husband's Levi's to a homeless person that I knew from another meeting, and um, I stuck some dollars in the pocket. And you know what? Time. I tell you how good that made me feel. And I have one more second, and thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Mary Lee R. Sherry KB, followed by Terry K. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovered compulsive reader. Can you hear me? I can. Excellent. Thank you. Um, wow. I, I just, you know, it's interesting how the two paragraphs are like the complete opposites. Um, for me, if a a therapist tried to talk to me about my weight, um, it was a, 
a mute topic. We didn't discuss it. I would never. I found very ways to get away from not talking about my disease. And even at the doctor's office, I was the type that wouldn't get on the scale, and they would say, "You need to get on the scale." And I'd say, "Are you the scale police? Are you going to arrest me if I get on if I don't get on the scale?" I mean, I refused to. I just, I was definitely a handful to deal with around that. And even my family, my family shamed me a lot growing up because I had this disease. They didn't know I had this disease. I didn't know I had this disease. And they tried to tell me that, you know, my life would be perfect if I just lost weight. I'd be a lot happier. And I, I, bought, I bought into that. I really did. I had shame. I was embarrassed. So I couldn't talk to somebody that didn't understand my disease. I could not. So that's the first paragraph. The second paragraph is telling me, but the ex-problem drinker, and I heard every, any, the word but means that it cancels out everything prior to that. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is probably, properly armed with the facts, um, can, can won, won me over, totally won me over. Um, and especially uh, a recovered compulsive overeater who, who lives in steps 10, 11, and 12, who brought me into this book and helped me to identify in, to, to get unblocked, to help me connect with a power greater than myself, that I learned to rely on that power. And with that information, they won me over. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And, you know, I didn't know that I had a twofold illness. And um, when I started realizing that it wasn't a moral issue, that, that I had a physical allergy and a mental obsession, um, you know, I started learning that it wasn't just losing the weight, that there was so much more to it than just losing the weight. Just because I lost the weight, I wasn't recovered. Recovered means being in this book, working the steps, helping others, and um, it has changed my life. And I, I, I urge you to get a, a step guide, a, a big book sponsor, whatever you want to call us, get in this book and get the solution. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Carrie K. followed by Wendy M. Good morning. This is Carrie K. from Boulder, Colorado. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. I just found these paragraphs and the sharing that has come as a result of them to almost be like reading my mind. When I first went to the meeting and I started sharing it was really hard, and I'm relatively new to the vision calls, and sharing on the calls is really hard, but my sponsor made me. But what she said that really helped me was that things that I share may be helpful for somebody else on the call, whether it's a newcomer or a veteran of the big book. Something I say may resonate with them just as things that other people have said resonate with me. And what I found is that my sponsor helped me. And by helping me, she is allowing me to help others. So it's almost like this circle gift that by helping one person, they can help somebody else. And, and as we've heard other people share on this morning, having the ability to see that you're not alone and to be able to speak or hear from somebody who knows what you're going through, what your life has been like, and yet can show you what your life can be like, is just 
such an amazing process and such an amazing gift that we give to each other in the fellowship. I think that's that's a huge part for me of being able to be recovered today. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Terry Kay. Wendy M., you're next. Hi, yes. Good morning. It's Wendy M. from Colorado Recovered. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Thank you, and thanks for your service today. Um, oh, I just adore this passage, um, mainly because it speaks to my experience to a T, and it's in, insanely satisfying to read it. And um, I first want to say that when I walked into my first meeting 16 years ago, it was just a whole sea of nodding heads. And there is something so satisfying about nodding to another. Yes, 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 yes. I get it. I hear you. I know that. Me too. And, um, and being nodded to. It's just like, oh, my lordy. I totally got it. And um, it felt like another language. Um, it felt like I was also walking in from a black and white life to technicolor. It was almost, it was like 3D. Everything made sense. It felt entirely, um, I felt entirely understood. And I totally had the entire confidence of another human being in much less than a couple of hours, um, pretty instantly, actually. Um, and that was like nothing else. And, um, and I have to say that, um, you know, I come from a family also, of course, who didn't get it. How could they get it? They're not compulsive overeaters. Um, and I, you know, I had so much shame. They called me Minnesota fats and thunder thighs um, and what's wrong with you and can't you just stop? And, and of course, all of that. And in fact, just a month or two ago, I was with family at a restaurant. And my mom continues to say, can't you just have one bite or can I order for you? <laughs> Which for an overeater is terrifying. Um, or, you know, someone else said, can't you just moderate? I don't really understand it. And then, you know, my, my brother, such good willpower, good for you. Um, and, you know, I have to say that at my first reaction is, oh, God, they don't get me. They still don't get me, right? And then it's like, of course they don't get me. They're not compulsive overeaters. And what, and what I do with food makes no sense to them at all. And I can't explain it, you know. And so this program teaches me to have compassion and to understand I, I speak a different language. It's not the same language. And that's okay. It makes sense. Um, and then it says here, the entire confidence um, of another. And again, that, that takes minutes for me. Um, and again, so satisfying to be understood and to speak the same language. Finally, you know, I, I finally felt when I came in that I'm not alone anymore, that I belong to something. And I had so much hope. Um, and I was lost and then I was found. Um, so it's just exhilarating. And, um, you know, and I, and I get that the doctors didn't get it. My therapist doesn't get it. I don't talk about my eating disorder um, with my therapist. It, it's two different languages. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I just love that we can win the entire confidence of another, like, instantly. Um, and, and, you know, and as someone was saying, the greatest thing I can do today and thank you, God, for having it as my sponsors will be calling me and I get to be of service to another human being. And that is the most gratifying experience 
um, along with being entirely abstinent and neutral with food. These are magical miracles that are happening today. And I am so deeply grateful. And I ask God that I be at maximum use today um, in, uh, with this disease. And I thank you all for your service. I pass. Thank you, Wendy M. This is Julia R. I'm going to sneak in for a second. You know, it talks about highly competent um, psychiatrists, you know, have dealt with us. Well, I think of my doctor, you know, and, and you know, he worked out all the time, never had a weight problem. Um, he, you know, worked out, weight, ran, and he would say, you know, Julie, let me just give you another diet. You can do this. And it didn't matter, you know, when I was 200, 250, 280, 290, you know, um, he would, you know, talk about the health issues that I'm going to have. You know, I didn't have them yet, but they were coming. You know, I'm 5'2". And none of that worked. What worked was the first time I got introduced to OA when I read that Ann Landers article and this lady talked about what she did with food. You know, she ate it hot. She ate it frozen. I think somebody's unmuted. Uh, star one to, un- to mute yourself. And, you know, all these crazy things that I did with food, you know, putting food in the garbage, taking it out, stealing my kids' food, And when I, you know, came back to OA off and on and listening to people who did all of those things, but except for they're living in the solution, you know, not that they're not eating the food, but they don't want to eat the food. You know, the neutrality and the freedom uh, where my life was unmanageable in so many areas, not just the food, spending, men, et cetera. And and today, you know, the neutrality that I have in my life, balance, it's like, wow, it's so exciting because I got to see that in my guide. I get to see that in my hookups. I get to see that with people I do my daily 10 steps with if I have any. I get to see what they have transpired to, you know, from a wreck, from, you know, if you're overweight, underweight, it really doesn't matter because our disease centers in our mind. But, you know, that ex-problem eater, that recovered compulsive overeater gave to me in minutes what doctors had tried to do for years. And um, it's just fantastic. I just wouldn't want to live any other way. You know, it's like I get to work this program 24-7 and it's a miracle. So with that, I'll pass. Uh, who else would like to share? We have a couple, time for a couple more. Start well, with Leia S. Is it Roxanne? Rocky in Tempe. Rocky. Got it. Rocky. Rocky, what's your initial of your last name? I. I. Okay, we can take, let's try to take one more. Anne-Marie M. Anne-Marie M. Okay, let's go with Leah S., Rocky I., and Anne-Marie M. Go ahead, Leah S. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater um, in Brooklyn. This is so profound, this, uh, what we're reading, it is so personal to me. Um, 
it reminds me of all the past that has happened and how I excluded myself um, that these things will not happen to me, that my grandmother had died from diabetes, and that my father, and I was a teenager, and, and I came out from the doctor telling my father, I got so embarrassed. He told you to stop eating pasta, and and will you do that? I will help you. And he wasn't able to do that, unfortunately. And then watching my mother die from diabetes and heart disease, and then watching my sister die from die, and it still did not affect me and did not do anything for me. It reminds me of the story of when someone is drowning in a, in a pool, and, and, and the people outside are telling them, you know what, you just put your head above water. That's it. That's all you have to do, and put your hand out. And, and everyone is screaming and screaming directions, and then there's one person who's saying, get out of here, let me pass by, and jumps into the water, and then, says, and then swims right up to that person and says, this is the way we will do it. Put your hand right here. Put your head right here. I got you, and we're going to swim to shallow water. And um, it, it's the same thing with, with OA and with these meetings and with these fellowships that I have been guided through. And But my experience is very much my personal experience. So I had lost my weight. I lost 65 pounds. I was on a high. You know what you do. You get compliments. You meet people that you haven't seen in a while. And all of a sudden, you're, you're like boasting. You don't know which world you're in. And then and then I had to go through the humility all over again because my diet had to change. And it hit me. And it hit me. I was almost a diabetic. And I do not take any medications, but I do have to watch my diet. And I had to change my diet. And that is also possible. That is also possible because of this program, because I have a higher power. And in there is a solution. You get, you get to meet all kinds of people. You get to meet from all different walks of life. I have a very best friend I have never met in the through these rooms, I speak to her, my sponsor, my dear sponsor, almost every week. And I'm able to sponsor other people. And I'm able to be able to give over my experience. And this is what it is Hi. all about. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so very much. Thank you, A.S. And Rocky I, followed by Anne-Marie M. Star one to unmute, Rocky. Okay, can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is Rocky. I recover in uh, Tempe, Arizona, and I am so grateful for this meeting too. Even though I, I'm still grieving the four o'clock more uh, meeting, but um, I guess I'll continue to work my program on that. Um, so excited to share. Uh, I love this paragraph. Uh, and I love the show before me, totally my experience too. Uh, tried everything, uh, every diet, every program, the shots too. Um, I ended up with a lap band and it did work. 
um, not until I, um, I I got myself to OA by grace because I got stuck with the lapian and I really was in pain and I guess I had my first step right there. I was really, God, get me out of here and I'll get to OA. And I don't even know where the name comes from. Well, now I know, but I didn't know. And I said, well, maybe they'll help me. So anyway, I got there and I started listening to to um, the people in there. And uh, I was just so desperate, so, so desperate that I, I was gifted desperation and willingness and started to learn and... 30 months later, long and behold, uh, program works, big book works, um, and uh, 100 pounds have gone off, and it's a miracle because I, uh, I didn't think I would ever recover. My blood pressure is uh, normal, my sugar, uh, my weight is still not done because uh, my higher power is still working in me, but... But I had to hear it from somebody else. So the ex-problem drinker, yes, the ex-problem uh, compulsive overeater, um, one of my recovery heroes, you know, to listen to him was just so, he lit my my heart on fire. And uh, uh, he had the, the willingness to mentor me and, and uh, help me. And so I just feel so very thankful. And now I can totally relate. Like, I know where I'm coming from. Uh, I know that when I get punched on the basic needs of life, that's when I'm going to get all these emotions. And now I know what to do with them. And it's like, who knew? Um, And I still get amazed every day. It's still a new day. And uh, I work my program um, desperate. and just so devoted, you know, just so devoted. Um, who knew that I was going to really turn uh, to the spiritual solution? Um, my life is so rich that my mother just told me, ugh, your life is boring. And I was, yes, yes, it is. Um, I didn't want to argue with her, but um, before I would have taken it very offensive Hi. and... And um, anyway, just keep coming back. It works if you work it. And thank you to everybody for this meeting. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you, Rocky. And Anne-Marie M., you're next. Uh, this is Anne-Marie M., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeat. I don't know if you called me already. I did. Um, okay. Um, I am you know, very grateful to, as well as so many others, about this um this group and the big book and um, the people that have led me to the solution, which is God, which is a focus on God and a reliance on God rather than a reliance on myself. And I too, like so many other people have shared that um, I wish I had some of the money that I spent on uh, psychiatrists and weight loss programs. Uh, I, I went from one thing after another and I was really looking for, when I went to the therapist, I want to know why I was compulsively overeating because I figured out that I thought, I should say, I thought if I knew why, then I could fix it and that it didn't work that way. And I learned a lot about myself going through the steps and one of the things was about control and I thought I was the least controlling person there is and that was so far from the truth. 
because if I knew why I compulsively overate, I thought I'd be able to control it. Um, anyway, I just um, am grateful and that I know that, um, you know, for me, God is the answer and reliance on him, not on myself, and reliance on uh, the people that he has put in my life, so many people. And uh, grateful for you, Julie. Thank you so much for your service, and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Well, it's time to close our meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Wendy M. please read page 164, A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, good morning again. It's Wendy M. Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if you own if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.